0: Hey, everybody. Have you considered starting a podcast? We here at Screwball highly recommend Podbean for getting your podcast out to a larger audience. Podbean has given us the ability to easily bring you Screwball each and every week on all of your favorite podcast services. Use the link podbean.com screwball to sign up and save up to 35% annually. You can also use the link podbean.com pro slash screwball to sign up for a business subscription. Happy podcasting. Hey everybody, welcome back to Screwball, a baseball podcast, your home for everything baseball. I'm your host, Mike LaPree, here with my co-host, Frank White.
1: Hey, how's it going?
0: This is episode 74 of Screwball, following an exciting trade deadline week, obviously an exciting week of baseball and uh, and news. We come back down a little bit to reality here with a little bit lesser of a news week, um, especially compared to the trade deadline news. Nothing will really ever compare to that except for the offseason. But this week we come, you know, with uh, with some cool little news pieces here, some, some stuff that could affect the future of baseball, and, uh, you know, before we get into that, though, let's get into our topic of conversation, as we usually have each week, and this week is, uh, I think, a pretty good one, one that I didn't expect, uh, but, you know, it was really prevalent in modern baseball and probably baseball the last, like, 10, probably 10, 15 years, uh, but that revolves around pitch counts and, and innings limits and pitch limits and being more restrictive on pitchers, uh, as opposed to the old days of baseball where they would basically just throw until their arm fell off. <laughs> um, so, as we usually do, I'll let Frank kind of lead us off here and, and kick off the uh, the conversation because he brings our topic conversations um, to the episode. So, uh, so yeah, what are you kind of thinking with with uh, this topic here?
1: Yeah, I like said the topic I want to bring up here is uh, the pitch limits, innings limit, pitch count. You know, do we kind of agree with it, or is it a good thing? No, I think um, some sort of limit is not a bad thing. Um, the pitch count, I think, is one that doesn't make all that much sense because, you know, if you threw 100 pitches through five innings and there's guys on base, it's a, it's a hard worked five innings, a hard worked 100 pitches. If it's you're smooth sailing, you're up five nothing, you you guys give up two hits, you're not walking anybody, no one's on base, and you're throwing 120 pitches, it's a smooth sailing 120. So you got to mm. see how it works, too. And, and then it matters. You know, big time, whether you've seen the Yankees, Garrett Cole threw 130 something pitches.
0: Mm. Yep.
1: The next game, you do 100 pitches again. So you got to see what's going on, too, because a lot of times you wouldn't let a guy go over 100 pitches. Mm. But then the playoff comes, you let him throw 140. It's like, That's well, what are, you, what are you setting yourself up for? Mm. If you're going to be able to use them like that in the playoffs, you should use them like that in the regular season. At least once or twice, you know, get the idea of it. Same with relief pitchers. You don't know, have guys pitch two, three innings have the bullpen, a closer. But well, the regular season, they throw one inning, and they won't even throw them back-to-back days.
0: Yep. But yep. now
1: you want him to throw four games in a row in the playoffs. It's like, how do you expect him to, you know, you don't know what you're getting out of?
0: Yeah. he's it's just a wild mm-hmm.
1: card. Um, so, pitch counts, obviously, matters what's going on. It's not a bad thing, obviously. Um, You know, there's no reason for a guy to throw 150 pitches every game um, unless he's just going nuts. Or CC at one year at the Brewers. Oh, my God, he's, yeah. He like, eight complete games in a row. Um, innings limit, we're going to see this year a lot because last year, guys threw 60, 60, 60 innings, 100 innings, whatever it was. So they're not going to, you know, there's going to be inning limits. So they're going to cut down on it. Uh, it makes sense. You're coming off an injury. You know, no reason. to there's through Chama John and you had a year and a half off, like last now, we'll come back eventually. There's no reason to bring him right out and throw 230 innings with him, especially over right. a year. Maybe work them slower, you know, slower inning limits and go from there. But, I mean, you could say it all works out, but, you know, Strasburg never worked. Nope, he's hurt. Now. He's hurt more than any other pitcher in MLB. I think, d- damn near history. Mm. He's hurt every other start with some sort of major in- injury, so that never worked. You know, then you got guys like Verlander who never really was on any inning limit. And mm. that, that worked. I mean, yeah, he's Tommy John now. He's thirty-nine years old. see it worked. There's yep. never an inning limit with him. So you can say there's, there's cases for each of them, but um, you know, I think it's more of a Like a standard practice, it doesn't make sense. Like, I think the Rays, they kind of beat it, beat you over the head with it a little too much. But your bullpen, they don't. The bullpen, they'll just fire them out there. Yeah, yeah. Starting pitchers, like, whoa, 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 you're only allowed to go four innings and throw 60 pitches. Or, you know, they'll take a guy out in the middle of an inning because he's at 65 pitches. They don't want him to throw 65 pitches. Well, he only needs one more out. What's five more pitches? He ain't going to blow his arm out. Mm-hmm. And if that does blow his arm out, then he was blowing his arm out the next start, or in his, in his bullpen session, in between weeks, or in between starts, I should say. You know, yep. your arms your arms gonna get hurt at that certain time, no matter what. Right now, if you stress it too much, that's a different story. But throwing sixty pitches to sixty five pitches isn't gonna make them make it break your arm. You know, I know people, there's things about putting rules in for pitch limits, almost like little league. When you only throw one hundred pitches or whatever. That's that's I don't think that makes any sense at all. But for young pitchers or you know guys who never you know weren't in professional baseball they didn't, they didn't play hundred game seasons, college you played forty game seasons or whatever, so you weren't tacking up these innings. Hmm. Does it make sense to slowly move them along? Yes. Coming off an injury, sure. But just have a hard count and be like, nope, you can't throw this amount of pitches or you don't want to throw this amount of innings. It doesn't make sense. With the topic you're going to see because obviously we've seen it in the last ten years of baseball, but also this year especially because of the, the shortened season last year. You're going to run the guys who threw 100 innings last year, but now you're at, <clears throat> most guys are at 100 innings at this point, 120. Yep. So if you're talking, all right, now I want them to throw 170 innings, but last year you only threw, you know, 90 or 100, are you going to see fatigue? Are you going to see, you know, arms dragging? Are going to see arm injuries? Uh, we'll see. But that, again, that's a special case. We've only seen a shortened season, I don't know, once in the last, what, since what, the, the last strike in 94? Yep. You know, it's definitely something to take it over. You know, I remember watching the game, there was no pitch count on the screen. Now it's almost the biggest thing on the screen mm-hmm. is a pitch count. So, like I said, it, it all comes down to, you know, you pick and choose. But it, uh, the big thing with pitch counts, is how do you got to those 100 pitches? Mm-hmm. It's five innings, you're working. Obviously, it's a hard five innings. It's hard 100 pitches. If you're smooth sailing, you throw 115 pitches. It's smooth sailing. There's no one on base. You're not sweating. you you know, you're not in a close game, whatever it's going on. You don't have to, you know, you're not stressed out. You're not as, you know, in the moment, like, play in you know, a World Series game or something, those are, every pitch is hard.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep.
1: So, uh, I think it comes down to that, and, and the pitch innings, I mean, it's just, to have a standard franchise, like the Rays, have, like, a standard, almost like our standard, how to do things with pitching, it just doesn't seem to make too much sense, and it bothered, you know, as we've seen Blake Snell, bothered him. Mm-hmm. And I think it cost him a World Series uh, it just doesn't make sense to have that standard, that's just how we do things all the time.
0: Right, right. I don't
1: think so, at least. No, but again, the Rays went to the World Series, and they seem to keep punching out pitchers. So, but I don't know. I just don't think that's the way things work.
0: No, you see, uh, you see that mightily backfire on them with Blake Snell, like you said. And the first thing that both of us thought of was the Steven Strasburg situation. That didn't work out, and they lost um, the World
1: Series. They lost the playoff series, right? See, so your player got hurt. I guess <clears> you could say, oh, it worked out. They end up winning the World Series with him, but, but he's hurt more now than he's ever been hurt. Right. Now he's got thoracic outlet syndrome, mm-hmm. which is almost a shutdown of the career. He's had Tommy John. You know, I just, I don't know. I don't, uh, It doesn't make much sense to do what, you know. They could have definitely used him that year. More sparingly, maybe. Mm-hmm. But they definitely could have used him. Right. Like 20 more innings. What, what was 20 more innings that put on
0: him? Yeah, it wasn't going to.
1: Was he, Was that? He's, <clears throat> he already got thoracic outlet syndrome. So it didn't work.
0: No, no. Got him his contract, you know. Yeah, after right. the World Series, <laughs> so he's fun, all right. But... <laughs> uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't, I think uh, a lot of pitch counts, uh, like a lot of things in baseball, should be a case by case basis. If you have a guy like Cole out there that you know he can throw like that, and you know he's going to pitch as dominant, you know, like he can, and then it's fine. Or you got a guy like Chris Sale now coming off, even though he's, he got Tommy John, a guy that just slings the ball in there and can pitch really till his arm falls off. Um, I think that there's guys that are designed to pitch like that. But like you said, if there's guys that struggle to get through five, six innings, or there's even guys, high strikeout guys that sometimes their pitch count gets elevated because they're, um, or even a guy like Robbie Ray, high strikeout, high walk, you know, so their pitch count gets elevated. Then you just eyeball it. Then you say, well, he's around hundred pitches. How's he looking out there? Is he, you know, does he look like he's laboring? Does he look like he's really like these guys that still have no idea what he's throwing then it, then it becomes a little bit, I think that a lot of modern baseball gets lost on that a little bit of the eyeball. Watch the player. Yeah. You know, it's I think 90 that. 90
1: pitches and all of a sudden it's like, oh, well, let's just start getting warmed up. Let's be ready for it. But it's like he's smooth sailing 90 pitches. It's a six, seven, didn't Right. He's smooth sailing. Yeah. There's no reason to, you know, get up in arms.
0: Yeah. You know. All of a sudden he starts walking a guy or two. Then you start getting a guy stretched out yeah. and you see what happens. Or he starts know?
1: throwing his fastballs high, 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 missing location. That's usually your first sign. Yeah. You know. But if he's smooth sailing, I mean, oh, 90 pitches, you know, that, shouldn't be the, that shouldn't be the issue. You know, it's, it's he's smooth sailing, let him go. Let him go. Yeah. he comes to you, you know, let's just uh, a destined plan. Like we've seen uh, Santana, Johan, you know, he hurt his arm. After that, he threw like 150 pitches, 140 pitches and a no-hitter. He obviously yeah. coming off arm issues. I remember Terry Collins, though, you know, he mentioned, he's like, hey, I went up to him it was almost you know I'm not sure the exact circumstances where was exactly what was said but I think pretty much it came down to it was like, hey you want this go get it but this is all you yeah like you get hurt it's not on me
0: yeah you know? this, is, this is your moment yeah
1: and that's that's okay to give them that ultimatum too yeah I mean obviously you you don't want want them to get hurt or you don't want to lose their guy because you want to win but and players are never really going to give you too much of the right answer.
0: No, they'll just they'll but they'll want a special
1: throw. moment there. You know, this is you. You want it, you take it. But really, I'll, I'll give you what my two cents here. I, uh, you know, well, we should pull you, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but listen, you know, if you get hurt, hey, it's your call. Yeah, it's not gonna be like me keeping you out there. You and I get you hurt. You know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: they said that with with Dusty Baker, the Cubs, Kerry Wood, and Mark Pryor. He kind of used, used them and used them and used them and used them, and then they both got hurt. Mm. Uh, people almost they thought Dusty Baker was the one that ended their, you know, kind of ended their careers because he kept using them. But you know, I don't know the behind the scenes with that one, but it's that kind of concept. Where it's like, hey, if you you're coming to me, you want to pitch, you know, Matt Harvey, Terry Collins in the World Series.
0: Yeah, he wanted to be out there. There was no you way know? you were
1: taking, you know, there was almost no way you were taking him out. Right. Even you, If you wasn't gonna finish the game, you were losing the game. Right. But there was almost no way you were taking him out. Did that real did those. 10 pitches in that inning. Was that the reason my Harvey's where he is today? I don't think so.
0: No, those 10 pitches specifically, no. <laughs> no.
1: Especially because they would have threw them 10 pitches. They would have won that game. They won the World Series. His career is probably on a different path as well. Sure. As sure. With the Mets and Terry Collins and everybody else. Mm. So, you know, I don't think a 10 pitch, 15 pitch, I don't think that's what's going to hurt your arm.
0: Because
1: you pitched them 10 pitches today and not 10 pitches three days from now. Yeah. If your arm's like a rubber band, if it's going to blow, it's going to blow. Yeah, like your Achilles or your knee. If it's going to go, it's going to go. It just happens. Sometimes you right. get hit different or, you you know, you stop and, and, and it jolts yourself a something like that. That's a little bit different. But just the idea of throwing and all of a sudden it's like, uh-oh. Well, that's going to happen. Mm. If it was today or tomorrow. So True. It wasn't because he threw 95 pitches. and He, he threw 100 and he was supposed to only throw 95 pitches. That wasn't the reason why he blew his arm out.
0: I think uh, another thing to consider, too, um, I think that upper baseball management, um, you know, the GM and, uh, the back office and the owners and stuff, I think have a lot more of a, a hand in the everyday baseball operations. Usually, in the you know, old, back then, a lot of the times the manager was just handed the team and go ahead. But now, you know, you have the back office analytics and stuff and not for nothing, but with the, how much money is in baseball anymore, well, these guys yeah. are protecting their investments. And, yeah. you know, well, so I think that plays into it too.
1: Yeah. They'd rather be smart and be like, hey, you know, we didn't put you in harm's way to get hurt. And then if you got hurt, hey, we did the things the right way. It just happened. Yeah. Instead of being like, "Hey, let's push him," and then he gets hurt, and it's like, "Well, we could have done this different." Right. You'd rather play safe and play smart, and then if he gets hurt, you know, all right, whatever. Right. But you don't want to be like, "Hey, let's," you know, we could, you know, if something happens here, we jeopardize him and our team for the next couple of years. So that's that's kind of where they're at. They'd rather be safe than sorry. But right. push comes to shove, you try to win a World Series. I I you know, I was reading something about Matt Harvey that day because I you know I wanted to read up on kind of what scouts and people said why his career kind of took the downfall, and he said he never. He wouldn't change a thing.
0: Seriously. He wanted to pitch
1: that game. He wanted to pitch. If they would have won that World Series and he would have blew his arm out and never pitched again, he would have been the happiest guy in the world. He would have got that World Series ring.
0: Yeah. Agreed.
1: So, it's like, do you risk pushing him a little bit? If it comes to winning, Chapman, the Cubs, mm-hmm. pitched him till his, almost, till his arm fell off. Yeah. He won a World Series. And it really hasn't affected his, his, really his arm.
0: No. Just but the, the idea
1: was, he might have. But they won the World Series. So, would he take that trade off? I think so.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And he got paid. Yeah, oh, yeah.
1: Won a World Series, and really, he hasn't really had his any major issues, as, you know, to this day. So you know, he really he got the trifecta.
0: Right. For his. Yeah, it worked out for him for sure. Worked out for the Cubs. Worked out for him. It's worked out for the Yankees for the most part. You know. So, yeah, there's definitely it's a case by case thing. I don't think that a standard across the board pitch count thing should be on. I think that. There's moments where it works. There's moments where you protect your investment, and you protect your pitcher, but there's times where it becomes a glaring flaw. Like I said, the Blake Snell thing they they just wouldn't pitch their guys past five innings. They just yeah. wouldn't do it. And, does and that, it just
1: you know. And does that change a little bit of baseball too? Does it hurt baseball? I think it hurts baseball. Me too. With the yeah. Rays having that standard, this is how we do things. Mm-hmm. I think it kind of hurts the game.
0: Yeah, I think so too. I get the theory behind it. You keep changing the arms on these batters, and your and your your taking the innings and, and dispersing them out among different pitchers, so it makes it so that, you know, everyone's kind of getting similar wear on their arm and stuff. I understand the theory of it, but I don't – I that doesn't mean I like it. But then
1: you need eight guys to be on. Right. So the three guys being on.
0: Mm. Which you would ideally like to – Every day. Yeah, here's your starter, here's your setup man, here's your closer, done. We're at – you know, yeah. we're going home.
1: We're like, well, you know, yeah. It's just – you don't have to pitch these guys. Like the Rays, they pitched them into the dirt last year. Yeah. That's why you see Nick Anderson start struggling. He's pitching every day. Five, six outs. Five, six outs. Two Hmm. innings. One inning. Every day. Not used to that. No. Pitches maybe back-to-back days. Maybe one time he'll pitch three days in a row. Maybe. But then he's off for two, three days. He would pitch every, every, every single day. But your starter can't go five innings.
0: Yeah, it's like...
1: But he could pitch every single day, throw 30, 40 pitches every single day. It's like, so where are you...
0: Yeah, where's the cutoff?
1: Yeah, so... It's a weird topic, but it's definitely something you're going to come across this year. With last year's shortened season, it's definitely something we're going to see and soon. We already heard about it, but you're going to see it with your own eyes here soon. Yeah, um, with some players and Talion for the Yankees, Carlos Rodon. Okay, only threw like eight innings last year. Mm-hmm. You know, guys like that, you're going to see this. Especially those teams, especially the White Sox. You're you're expecting to go pretty deep in playoffs. Hmm. He only threw eight innings last year, and this year he's got shots on 230. That's quite a jump, quite a difference. The yeah. way they do. So we're going to, we're going to see it.
0: Sure. We're see it soon. Yeah. And you know, it's always a conversation around the playoffs too. Guys throwing a lot, especially bullpen guys, bullpens got guys really start to get stretched out in the playoffs anymore. So that becomes an issue too. Guys throwing like, I don't know, 70, 80 innings as a reliever. It's pretty taxing on the arm. So, so, you know, it's, it's becoming a, a similar theme in modern baseball with a lot of the teams. I think most teams follow that kind of you know, to, to varying degrees.
1: The regular season is new baseball. The playoff still goes back to old baseball. Older baseball. Oh, yeah. It's just how it goes. Yep. Either, sometimes you got a starter going, just going. Or sometimes the pull starter, that's more new age. But then the relievers are just going.
0: Yeah. But oh, then yeah. it's also
1: where, hey, we're trying to play, put ball in play. We're hitting running. We're stealing. We're, you know, hitting behind runners. But button. You see more older baseball in the playoffs. Yeah. Sometimes the pitching, you know, t- taking the pitch, starting the pitcher out, and, or even doing an opener—that's still some newer stuff. But you see more older baseball in the playoffs than you do in the regular season. Yeah. So when push comes to shove, it's like, well, this is kind of how we got to do things. This
0: is how this is tried and true. It always works.
1: Yeah. So you know, it's just kind of funny how it works like that. But sometimes teams to raise, they're blocked in their ways. That's how they want to do it, and you know, they got to the World Series. Yeah. As early as you know, last year and what was it, 08? Their system, I think, was kind of starting at that point, but that idea of just how we do things—it's gotten to two World Series.
0: Yeah.
1: As a one of one
0: No, no, but I mean, they've they've been there, um, so I guess you can't really say that it doesn't work, and they're leading the division right now, so it works to some—it it works somehow. Yeah. You know. But so. I just don't know. No. That's
1: the angle we want to go at, or that's the way—that's winning baseball. Right. It's like they win last year if they let Bryce Snow go six, seven, eight innings. They win last year.
0: Sure. I I think so. Makes a big difference.
1: I think the Yankees lose that game this year. They pulled Garrett Cole, one nothing against the Astros.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's big time. You know, I like when guys do that. That's the old school baseball, just letting them pitch. That's your guy on the mound. Like for the Rays, Blake Snell, that's your guy. You know, just let him go. If he's if he's smooth sailing, What what if it ain't broke, don't fix it type thing. You know, I don't know. It's, again, it's being, it's a lot more prevalent in modern baseball than it was back then. If you're an older fan and you, you watched in the 70s and 80s and this stuff, this is, there was no pitch count on the screen, and Ron Guidry was out there throwing 150 yeah. pitches, and yeah. Nolan Ryan was throwing how many pitches? Yeah, until and he was
1: 90 years old. Like you threw seven, eight innings, and then your closer came in for two or three innings, and that's just how it was every day. Yep. That's why I saw you. That's why I believe pitchers won Cy Youngs and, and stuff like that, and that were MVPs and stuff because they just they, they pitched just as many innings because they threw three innings out of the pop.
0: Yep. And they'd pitch every day if they were needed. They were they were in there. Yeah. You know, so.
1: tw- you know never thought twice.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so it's, uh, again, it's it's a lot, you know, if you're like us or you're a little younger, you know, this is kind of the baseball that's that's really like in our, we're going to be watching for a while, I feel like. Um, so we'll see what happens. Maybe baseball takes a turn or maybe it even gets to the point where you're only seeing openers all the time. I don't know. But it's always an interesting conversation because it's, it's really, really embedded in modern baseball now. So, uh, but with that, let's move on to our news segment of the show. Uh, just some... Uh, some little quick news updates here. Uh, Number one, uh, Ramon Liriano uh, was suspended. So on August 6th, Ramon Liriano of the athletics was suspended 80 games for his violation of the MLB's joint drug and treatment program. The PED test came back positive for Nandrolone uh, steroid injected into the muscles and is a drug used commonly in previously PED cases. You'll remember Starley Marte tested positive for it. Um, And uh, Roger Clemens um, used a variant of this as well. So, so no stranger to, you know, the steroid era, this drug, uh, Ramon Liriano gets suspended, being caught for it, uh, which, you know, hurts the A's a little bit, considering that they they beefed up their offense and now they lose a big part of it. So uh, something to definitely watch out for and uh, kind of stinks that he'll miss the rest of the season a little bit of a uh, little bit next season. Uh, number two, uh, according to the New York Post, the MLB and Barstool sports are in significant talks about having midweek games on Barstool's main site. Uh, both sides have declined to comment, and a source familiar with the information has called the negotiations no, excuse me has called the negotiations quote about fifty fifty end quote. So Barstool, uh, what I think is interesting about this is um, I know a lot of people have varying opinions on Barstool, but what I think is interesting about this is that the um, hardest demographic for baseball to catch right now is the eighteen to thirty five demographic, and Barstool reigns and ranks really high in the eighteen to thirty five demographic of fans so do you risk uh alienating your older fans maybe that don't like barstool i think they're a bit crass and and think that they're a bit over the top um do you risk that for bringing in the younger guys um that watch barstool the younger uh they're predominantly 18 to 35 male audience is is there so you know is it worth the chance at, at this, you know, they, it, who knows? This may not go through at all. But uh, what do you think? Is it, do you think it's good for baseball? I think I think it could work. I think that this could definitely work yeah. if they don't if they don't start making barstool almost too integrated because then you start to alienate people. I think. No,
1: yeah, I think it'll be fine. You just throw them on a, on a different media outlet, essentially in the middle of the week. You're not going to lose your older audience. They've been watching for 60, 70 years. Putting them on a different market for a game or two during a week is not going to hurt them. Right. Um, but also, what it does is it brings maybe. You know, Barstool will have their their baseball guys maybe do the game or something like that. Um, yeah. It brings mm-hmm. a different, you know, basic to the game. Instead of having this, you know, A-Rod maybe talking about he played, you know, he knows, you know, the ins and outs and some analytic guys. Maybe you get a Barstool guy who is more of a common fan. Maybe that helps too.
0: Yeah, it's almost like you're sitting with your buddy yeah, watching a game.
1: When, when the NFL would a playoff game almost on like Nickelodeon. Yeah, yeah. A concept where, it, you know, maybe not quite that dumbed down, but that concept. And people really like that idea. Their kids really liked it. But it's a way to teach the game. Um, so it's not going to be quite like that. Um, but it'll be like that next level. Right. Where it's like, not, it's not just any schmo watching the game. It's a guy who knows what's going on, but also a way to talk, you know, to the, the average guy. Right. So it's not a bad idea. It's, it's, it's actually one of the better things MLB has done. Um, they just got to be watched because Barstool does have their. You know, rated R or whatever you want to call their their kind of their website and podcast and stuff like that. So you don't want to, you know, make your sport all of a sudden. Now you got the XFL
0: running around. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's what I said. Is it do you risk going too overboard with it? Because Barstool is admittedly pretty uh, abrasive, especially if you're not into that hardcore of sports. Those guys are, you know, they do the gambling stuff, and and like I said, they have a dominant male audience. They're very. Uh, almost like a spike, modern Spike TV, yeah, yeah. you know. So New York um, attitude, right?
1: Attitude, hey, exactly. What's going on over here? Yeah, you know, yeah. thing, you, know yeah. I mean? you know, it's um. So as long as they don't get too crazy or, or get like, you know, God forbid they get like Lenny Dykstra doing a game or something <laughs> like that, that'd just be that's just yeah, you're just talking a ruckus.
0: I think it's good though that if they give them some rights to it and let them have some games, have them commentate it, it gives. I think baseball at this point is so big you can't avoid it if you're a sports fan. And I think the MLB jumping on it maybe first and trying to get integrated with them first I think is good for, yeah, for baseball. I
1: think it's good, but also, you know what, it shows, it says MLB, like, hey, come in. Hmm. Knock on our door and come in, somebody. You want the games? You take them. Yeah. We're open to it. Come in here. You got an idea? We'll listen. They We're not use... just stuck here. We're not just in here. Like, NFL jumping with Amazon, you know. That's a little bit more money thing, I think, than... I'm assuming a fan yeah. grab, but you know, it, it knock on the door. We'll listen.
0: Yeah, especially you
1: get an idea. You want to grab f- fans in? Feel the feel the Dreams thing was one of the notes here. You got Feel the Dreams coming up. Uh, Williamsport. Listen, we'll li- we'll listen. Mm. So that's a good thing for the MLB. They're not just like, hey, we're boxed in. Let's just go about our, go about our days here. Mm. They're trying, and which is what they need to do. It's the stuff that we talked about um, in the off season, mm. how to bring fans in and the younger fans. Yeah. I think MLB's actually doing a relatively good job with that. And other stuff, they're not—you know—they struggle with. But that's just how it goes.
0: Yeah, and that's like I said, their hardest demographic. Actually, the believe it or not, the MLB's de- best demographic is is 18 to 35 year old people. So if you catch the, the younger people too, if you get 18 to 35, and then you got 35 to 35 to 45 or whatever the demographic was, because the 35 the older to 55, I think, or 52. Yeah, or yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. you got the people 65 and over, their fans, they're they're, you know, they're not going to. They're not going to be affected by this. But if you can get the two demographics up to 50 years old, you know. I mean,
1: I don't want to jump into this and make it almost our topic here, Mm -hmm. but not for nothing, but when you're a younger kid, you're home. And when you're older, you're home. That's true. When you're 16 and 18 to 30 years old, you're not home as much. You're out doing things, but also – or or. You know, in your 30s, you you have your own family and stuff like that, so you're not really sitting sitting down watching. Mm-hmm. You know, cousin of mine's got his kids and they're playing baseball. He doesn't get to watch the games as much as he used to. That's true. So you, that demographic's harder to obtain, but now Barstool, which is a streaming and they have their podcast and stuff like that, they could get it at the phone.
0: It's a good and point. You can grab
1: it on your phone, which maybe you can watch it or listen to it while you're at your son's game or your daughter's dance or your game or whatever they're at. You can get it on your phone. You can get it. So when you're younger, you're you home and you're playing your video games and crap like that. You're whatever. And when you're older, you've got more time. Yeah. But that demographic's hard to to lock in. That's why football does a great job. It's Sunday. Yeah. Not much goes on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And it's at 1 o'clock. So if you're doing Sunday and travel baseball and stuff like that, it's in the morning.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You're able to walk in at one, two, three o'clock and get your stuff, you know, watch your, your football or Monday night and stuff like that. You get your one day at a week. Baseball, it's all the time. Mm-hmm. You're never just not doing anything all the time. Yep. So I think that's that's the big thing too. It's, it's being able to grab people, however we can grab them.
0: Yeah, I, it's I think it's a smart deal for both of them and uh, you know the source said fifty fifty. So who knows? It may not go through, but I think it, I think it'd be good for baseball. I do. But well, it's
1: also just opening up the idea of hey, knock on our door, we'll listen. Right. Even if it doesn't go through, it it it, it kind of went. It yeah. kind of works for them anyway.
0: Right, because baseball is bad with that with being able to just watch your game whenever with blackouts and stuff like that. Okay. So. That's a whole different Um, thing. Yeah. So, we'll see what happens. We may have uh, more news on this next week or in the coming weeks. Yeah.
1: So, some of the small news I got here. Like I said, I mentioned the Field of Dreams is coming soon. White Sox-Yankees. That's that's a pretty cool idea. Um, We had uh, Adelaide Rushman promoted the AAA. So, um, yeah, recently regarded as the number one prospect in baseball. So, that's pretty cool for um, baseball fans and Oriole fans. Um, Roy Holiday's number was retired yesterday uh, for the Phillies. And uh, Zach Wheeler pitched – Royals' at S game against the Mets. Sure did. Um, and we have some not great news. We had a, well actually it ended up turning out to be better news than we hoped, but there was a reported racial slur that was heard in the Colorado Rockies game. That turned out to be not true. Um they investigated it and it became um clear that it was not what was maybe pos- thought thought to be said mm. the word. So that actually it was a terrible news, turned into um actually, you know, a relief around baseball in Colorado and and the, you know, fans and markets and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, it was it pretty, it When you know, when you first see it without knowing the context behind it, it's, it seems pretty egregious, <laughs> you know, what happened. But uh, thankfully it was just some fan trying to get the attention of the mascot. So <laughs> yeah, that was, um, um,
1: that, that, that was, end up being, like I said, it ended up being a relief and better news than it really could have been. Right. Um, right. So they jumped on that relatively early and caught that and, um, you know, stomped that into the ground. So that was, that was relatively good, good work. And, uh, like I said, more of a relief than anything.
0: Yeah. Uh, just one more quick thing before we get into our wrap up. Um, just a general, uh, observation and, and some media, you know, outlets have been reporting on it, but COVID has been on the rise within the MLB positive COVID rates have been going up, uh, partially due to the new Delta variant of the, of the virus going around, um, breaking through vaccines and, and, um, bringing through to new, um, to people that, that were, uh, you know, not wearing their masks and previously thought that, you know, that they were uh, safe around vaccinated people, you know, the group, um, the herdment herd immunity mentality. So CDC expressed concerns about it. Uh, Mask recommendations have been popping up. So um, just a general uh, thing to be uh, mindful of, you know, you're I'm sure some of your favorite ball clubs, you're seeing some guys go on the COVID list, like what the hell, you know? So um, I don't think, I don't think we'll quite see anything like we saw in 2020, but it is something to be mindful of and just be no, careful, okay. you know, MLB players and fans who are going to the game should yeah. be just more mindful of.
1: The knowledge of uh, the public and the, le- <clears throat> the knowledge of the public, the leagues, the people, fans, players, you know, it it's more understood.
0: Right, right. You know,
1: when something brand new comes in, you're like, well, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm going to die. You know, whatever else is going to happen, you know, it's like the idea of the snowstorm kind of thing. People go out and go, you know, stuff for last year for two weeks because you just don't know. That's kind of gone, the idea of knowing it now. Um, so I don't think we'll ever, you know, hopefully never get back to where we were. Um, the idea of maybe, um, you know, things limited again a little bit, you know, obviously it's a possibility. But I think we're at a better spot now to, you know, fight or have an idea, you know. It's like, uh, you know, you can't hit what you don't, you can't see. Right. And that's kind of how last year was. Yeah. You don't know what you're doing because you don't know what's going on.
0: No, right.
1: So now you know what you you can see, so you can kind of hit it.
0: <laughs> right, right. You have some idea, so there's something to go off of. So, yeah. like I said, it's just something to, to be mindful of, and, and some media outlets are starting to report it. And, you know, I might see some limitations start to happen in bigger cities like New York and L.A. and stuff like that. But uh, um, just wanted to bring that up just to be mindful if you're watching your favorite team and all of a sudden everyone's, like, if you're a Yankee fan, everyone's on the COVID list. So, so yeah, just wanted to bring that up. Um, and then we, you know, final piece here, we have the wrap-up. So who's doing the best right now? Uh, the Giants still own the best record in the MLB at 71 and 41 with the Dodgers behind them in the NL at 67 and 45 over in the AL. The Rays on the best record in the league at 68 and 44 and the White Sox and the Astros are right behind them at 66 and 46 apiece. The Dodgers on the best run differential in the league at plus 171 and the Diamondbacks still own the worst at minus
1: 178. Yeah. Yeah. Some, uh some hot and cold teams here. I want to mention some hot teams. You got the Rays, Yankees, the Blue Jays, the A's, the Phillies, unbelievably hot. Um, the Braves and Reds. Been some teams uh, to be, to you know look out for. They've been playing good. Um, Phillies, you know, all the way in first place now. The A's right back. You know they're like a game out. Um, Yankees jump back into it. Uh, Braves back in second place. I mean things are these teams. You know, there's this hot streak has pushed them right into the hunt. Some cold cold teams who are maybe letting these teams back in the hunt. We're looking at the Red Sox, Astros, the Mets, Nationals, Cubs, and Pirates. I mean, some teams that have been struggling over the last uh, ten games or so.
0: Maybe law of averages are finally starting to work out for some of these teams. You know, Mariners kind of fading. Yankees are back in there. Braves are back in there. Phillies. Well, that whole really that whole NL East division is pretty still. Is a is a pretty crapshoot. So the idea that Um,
1: it was supposed to be the best division in all baseball has. Probably the lowest win percentage at all any division.
0: Got to be right there with. Take, I mean, save the White Sox with the AL Central. The AL Central's not great, but collectively the NL East is all like just You're a couple mediocre. Games 500. Yeah, they're all like they're all just there at, in, to some degree. So
1: yeah, it's just that the, the muddling from April's never cleared up.
0: I mean, the one East division. You know, if you said the, the East would be good, you got the AL East is probably the best division with the. Rays, Red Sox, Yankees, and Blue Jays really all vying for playoff spots, you know, so so at least the one East Division is pretty you know, is pretty good. But so let's move on then to our hot and cold players of the week, who's hot and who's not. So uh, like I usually do every week, I like to bring up the players of the week, so number one and two. Uh number one, CJ Crone is the NL player of the week. He batted five fifty six over the last week with a twelve seventy eight slugging and a nineteen fourteen OPS. Uh number two, the AL player of the week is George Springer. Uh, 357 average over the last week with an 857 slugging and a 1244 OPS and I believe a really clutch home run to get them the game against the Red Sox uh, maybe yesterday Sunday or Saturday or something.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah make a comeback. Um, also, uh, CJ Crone, real quick, just like back to your, your list here. I believe he became the first Rocky to have three grand slams in one season. I believe he was. He had seven RBIs in the first three innings. they have a game. God. But I believe he became the three first uh, Rocky to have three grand slams in one season. I believe that was what the stat was. Yeah, he
0: can. Sometimes he turns it on. He's really good, especially with the power stats. Uh, Number three here, Starling Marte. 500 average over the last week with an 833 slugging and a 1333 OPS. Number four, Trevor Story. 478 average and 913 slugging and a 1469 OPS. And number five, Jesse Winker, a 474 average with a 1000 slugging and a 1600 OPS over the last week.
1: Yeah, some other guys here I got. um, Arias for the Twins. Mm-hmm. He was up over the 500s for the, his last uh, seven games played or so. Um, Manuel Margot, hitting the ball well. And Trent Grisham, Padres. Some other guys there who are hitting the ball pretty well over okay. the last 10 games or so. Some pitchers to take a look at. Blake Snell pitching good recently. Um, he's kind of been up and down, mostly mostly just kind of down this year. Uh, Max Freed pitching well. Another one's kind of just been muddling around. Mm-hmm. Uh, Luis Heal. Some people would think it's Gil. It's Heal. Nope. Now that we know, um, two starts, two shutouts—not full, complete game shutouts—but shutouts, but shutouts um, respected innings. Mm-hmm. Dylan Bundy, uh, a good starter too here recently. Uh, you know, really been out of a bad year. Um, and Alex Calame, pitching pretty well. Uh, I think he had three saves and three in a third school innings over his last seven days. So maybe he's kind of bouncing around. But yeah, you know, obviously the Twins, you know, forty games out of <laughs> yeah. whatever they are in the playoffs. So um, you know, turning around now. So yeah, yeah I guess you never know. But little, I would imagine.
0: A little late on him figuring it out, huh? Yeah, you know, it yeah, would have helped well, early the in the season. Team. Yeah, yeah, sure. But, but moving on to the cold player list, the who's not. Uh, number one, Pete Alonzo. Uh, 0 for his last 19 with a zero slugging a 296 OPS. Probably a big contribution to, you know, the Mets cold streak because he was uh, as, well, as well as the rest of the team was pretty hot. Yeah, So I
1: mean, we mentioned Conforto last year, or mm-hmm. last week I should say. Um, But also, have you seen his post game interview? Uh, Not to worry, Mm -hmm. Alonzo, he said to the Mets fans. Some Mets fans are loyal. Someone's a jump up and down, he said, or jump on and off. Um, But he said, not to worry. I don't know. Three days, you went from first place to third place, and you are not scoring runs. So I think it might be time to worry a little bit. (laughs) Um, But Alonzo says not to worry. So I guess you take his word for it, I guess. I, I would be worried.
0: With that division, I guess I guess that's the only reason you wouldn't be worried is that division's pretty.
1: Well, they're due to get hot at some point. Yeah, and the Phillies have done that. Right, like the Braves do that. All of a sudden, you're a little cold streak. They're a little hot streak. You're out of it.
0: Yeah, that's you're true. Seven
1: games out, and you're now you're chasing two teams.
0: Yeah, it's like and oh, not,
1: and there's not a pl- wild court spot really sitting there.
0: Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. With the Dodgers and Padres, oh my gosh. Yeah. So
1: I mean, I'm, I don't know. It's 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 you're almost mid August.
0: Yeah, all of a sudden you get caught with your pants down, and you got two teams running by you. It's like you know, this time of year, it's 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 crazy.
1: Yeah, and no one's walking through that door to change the difference. No, like the ground's not getting the man tomorrow.
0: Yeah, which yeah, that's 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 what's really hurting them too. To, you know, they're their, their typical Mets injuries. Uh, but anyway, uh, the number two cold player I have is Travis Jankowski, batting o fifty over the last week with a one hundred slugging and a two thirty six OPS. Uh, number three, Yohan Moncada. Batting 105 over the last week with a 158 slugging and a 478 OPS. Number four, Brent Rooker with a 115 average, a 231 slugging and a 409 OPS. And number five, Ozzy Albies, a 130 average over the last week with a 261 slugging and a 547 OPS. So those are your cold players.
1: Yeah, some other guys to take a look at have been struggling recently. Um, Justin Turner has been a little bit on the cold streak. Also, I believe he was uh, left a game yesterday. Mark Day-to-day, I think he had tightness in his groin or something. Oh, okay. Um, Brennan Marsh, prospect for the Angels, been struggling a little bit. And Max Dassey, who was uh, really uh, p- was playing great there for the Angels for a little while, uh, been on a cold streak. Hmm. Um, some pitchers to take a look at. Zach Davies had been struggling uh, yesterday, three home runs the first inning against the White Sox. He was getting smashed around. Uh, Zach Zach, not pitching that great. John Lester, his first two starts with the Cardinals. Reuse I think, relatively been down all year. I mean, mm. not not terrible, but but down all year. I think his last uh, start or so, he's just, like got a six of the ERA. And Matt Barnes beat up. I uh, went on the COVID list for a couple for a little while, and then came back and he's been getting beat up. Uh, it was a big reason, a big part of the Blue Jays coming back and beating them. The yeah. Other day, yep. Um, was him. So well, there's some players to look at who are not doing that great. Or pitchers, I should say.
0: Yeah, I mean, it it makes sense. Some of these guys, they're on the cold list and their team's cold. So it, yeah. it, you know, especially like like you said, Matt Barnes, the Red Sox, he's been locked down all year, and all of a sudden. You know, a little okay. shaky.
1: <clears throat> so, to get to the next part here, we can go into some injuries. Um, not awful on their injury news.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, could be better, but not, not the worst thing. Uh, Mountcastle placed in the IL. For the Orioles. Glaber Torres recently placed in the IL. Rizzo, with the COVID IL. Chapman on the IL with some elbow information, but on the better side of that. Uh, Sanchez, COVID IL. Anthony Radon, season-ending hip surgery, so he's done for the year. <clears throat> Javier Baez left the game with discomfort in his hip. Um, Jason Hayward on the IL. Kyle Freeland left to start early. Ramil Tapia left the game early. So that's pretty much where I got um, some bigger names for the newer injuries. On the more better side of the injury news, we have Chris Sale to be activated Saturday and to make his comeback. He's been pitching great in the minors. I am so happy. (laughs) Um, I do not like the Red Sox. That's not what I'm trying to say here. But I love Chris Sale. He's probably one of my favorite players in all baseball. And has been for a while, of course. He will come back and the Red Sox won't score for him. That's just Chris <laughs> Sales' a MO. But, sure. um, glad to see him back. Uh, well, we'll see, glad to see him back Saturday. Uh, Luke Voigt returned. Uh, Urshela was trending in the right direction, had a little bit of a setback. They said it's a minor setback, so he's still kind of trending in the better direction. Uh, Shane Bieber said he feels great throwing the ball. You know, I guess he was playing catchy all day, long toss. He said he feels great. Uh, Luis Robert activated, he's back today. Great for baseball and the White Sox. Grondol uh, is improving. Jared Walsh expected to be back here in the next couple days. Uh, James Caprillion for the A's. A great story. Um, he's back. He pitched yesterday. He pitched pretty well. Christian Yelich was activated recently. Uh, Jack Flaherty is supposed to be coming back for the Cardinals soon. They could really use him. Castellanos is back. Playing good. Moustakis is back. Um, Kershaw was placed on the 60-day DL, but is expected to be back at the beginning of September. We have Brandon Beltz returned and had a couple home runs recently and Tatis is improving and actually taking some reps in the outfield as a possibility of a utility guy. But, um, yeah, some big names that, uh, returned or had better news, which is good too.
0: Yeah. That's always, uh, if you, if you have that second list of people coming back bigger than the other one, then it's always a good, always a good week. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. So
1: to get to our last thing, um, You know, we talked about uh, pitch limits and innings and pitch count, and we just mentioned some pitchers coming back from injury and whatnot. Uh, Our trivia question goes kind of with that, and uh, who was the first pitcher to have Tommy John and to make the Baseball Hall of Fame? And this was recent news. You know, this is more recent. Right. Um, The answer was in 2015, John Smoltz. He was uh, inducted into the Hall of Fame, and uh, he was the first pitcher to – get the, the Time of John surgery, and, you know, make it to the All-Fame. Uh, he did it right really in the middle of his career, uh, 30, 31. He got Time of John, came back as a reliever, had all those saves. That's why he has that stat. I think he's, like, the only pitcher, what, 250 wins and 150 saves or something like that? Probably, yeah, something in that ball. Um, you know, he came back, and then he began to start again. So he had a great career after his Time John. John. Um, so it's, you know, that you know, was early 2000s. You know, obviously they get used to doing that surgery and get used to it and more – details on how to do it and you know how to deal with it. So it obviously makes sense as you get better or as you get more used to doing that, the outcomes get better. Right. Um so we're gonna see we'll see more Hall of Fame guys from the time of John. But it's it's, it's pretty cool to see that he was the first one. That was twenty fifteen he was inducted. Yeah. And a little side note there, um, the first player or I guess he's known I guess he's more known for I guess you know, you never really know back in the day, you know, kind of what their surgeries were. But a right. uh, more known player for the first one to get Tommy John to make it to the Hall of Fame, as, not as a pitcher, was Paul Malter 2004. He received Tommy John at some point in his career and made it to the Hall of Fame. Would maybe explain why maybe he um, became more of a DH.
0: Right, yeah. That's that. I couldn't get that one, but it makes sense. I was trying to think of, of guys that became DHs in their career because it would have made sense all of a sudden to get Tommy John, earlier days of Tommy John, all of a sudden, it's like, oh, you just DH, you just hit, and you'll be all right. So, I, I couldn't think, I forgot about Paul Molitor. So, um, yeah. That's good.
1: Yeah, so, again, the, the first pitcher to receive Tommy John surgery and make the Hall of Fame was John in 2015 when he was inducted. So, um, that's the trivia question, and it kind of, like I said, kind of went along with our, our pitch limits, and and then I, of course, right at the end, we talked about some injuries, so it kind of went along with that.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh and you my see first... Smolson all
1: the time, too. I will be are a great analyst, and... and Doing games, people are with him because he's not really, you know, excited and going crazy kind of guy. But, um, I mean, doing an analyst and, and, and having his – listening to him and getting what he thinks is, is – um, I mean, um, the guy's a Hall of Fame pitcher. Right. I mean, the guy knows baseball. Right. And he's been around with some unbelievable players, Maddox and Glavin and, and Chipper Jones and Andrew Jones. I mean, he's been around some guys, mm. and some organizations, Braves and, and the Cardinals. Um, you know, you got to take, take his word uh, when he says something.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, that was when, when I made my guesses, I was like, was it, was it Maddox, Glavin, or Smoltz? Like it just, they just go as a package and they're all just such great pitchers. And uh, my first guess was Tommy John just cause you know, originator. Uh, but I guess he's not in the hall of fame. I don't know his career stats or anything, but I would have thought that he would have made it at some point. Um, his surgery's famous now. That's for sure. You know, he's got a hall of fame surgery named yeah. after him. Um, he was a good pitcher too. That's yeah. That's why I would have thought he might've made it in, but. No, it's a good one. I mean, Smoltz, you know, we're definitely going to see <laughs> a lot of pitchers. Almost probably every pitcher that's a Hall of Famer now is probably of Tommy John at some point. It just that seems that way that everyone gets Tommy John. So it's not like an if, it's a when type deal. Yeah. So,
1: I mean, there's guys you're going to see. I mean, Verlander yep. at this point, you know, he's almost, you know, shoot in there. And we'll see the back end of Chris Sales' career here. This a guy was kind of heading in the right direction. There's just two names. Yeah. And Did- the, the almost direct, you know, <laughs> It's in the game right now.
0: Did Kershaw ever get Tommy John? Probably, right?
1: I don't think so. Maybe well, he not, might... not as a professional player.
0: Maybe he'll escape it. Maybe but... college or... Yeah, at some point. A lot Probably. of these guys end up getting it at some point. But... Yeah. but, yeah, you'll see most of the guys go in with that surgery, which is kind of kind of a shame because you miss, you know, a year plus a year career. But if you get it more at the right time, you know, it could well, work say out they for say you.
1: last seven, eight years is the expected, like, guaranteed last of it. Mm-hmm. So right. It's kind of weird. So if you get it early on, you're... Guam, this is like his eleventh year since he had Tom and John.
0: Right, so it's almost borrowed time, and the way he's throwing, putting yeah. a lot of stress on the arm. So
1: yeah, only going faster and faster. So you know, if you get it when you're you're 24 years old, and you have know, seven, eight years of more, like more like, hey, you're gonna make it seven or eight years. Right. <clears throat> After that's just gravy. Yeah, yeah. You're 24, seven, eight years. You're 31, 32. You're in the prime. Yep. You get it like Smoltz did. You're kind of 30 years old. Yeah, you're missing a prime year, but seven or eight years, you're late 30s. Right. So, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, maybe that, that number goes up, too, on the average of how long kind of it lasts. Um, now that it's getting better, maybe it's eight, nine years. Yeah. Maybe Me- it's ten years. I don't know. The ground's 11, but uh, I don't know. He's got some elbow issues, and uh, I don't want to be the bearer of bad news, but I don't think that's going to turn out to be – I think we all know where that's heading.
0: Right, right. Yeah. You know, once you see forearm and elbow stuff, it's like, well
1: – And then he threw again and had his issues again. He said it felt a little bit different, mm. but it still didn't feel great in his elbow.
0: Yeah, it's – you know, you saw it with Glass. Now it's better to just say, "Hey, I got to get it and get it," rather than play around with it, and then all of a sudden you miss more time than you should have. So
1: yeah, yeah, and that's it's, it's it is a big decision because it's a year a year to a year and a half to you know. as we have seen Sale? Yeah. I mean, they took the the really slow approach, and I think it's going to work out for them because his his velocity and his, his control is actually relatively back in his minor league starts. So maybe it's working out. But you know, if you want to rush it, and you're talking 12, 12 months. Have we seen Syndergaard? He's still not back. I know. He's set back. So I mean, it's it's tough. Yeah, yeah. It's really tough. So, and sure. then the velocity being way up, we don't know how that's going to yeah. pass on people's arms either. So, what a weird age for the pitcher, but uh, I guess we'll see what happens here in, in the future.
0: Yeah, sure. But that's uh, that's kind of all I got, though, for this episode of Screwball. That's that's kind of all I had in my notes and, and, you know, in the news. So, I don't know what else you got to finish this up here, but.
1: No, that's it. We got, we kind of hit everything here. I talked about a lot. Went into a lot. Uh, it was a good episode.
0: Yeah, um, definitely.
1: So um, a lot of news, a lot of stories, and a lot of opinions, and that's kind of what you want. So, um, yeah. it's. Uh, I have, what, week 19 of the season? I guess that makes sense.
0: I'm not sure. I don't know. uh
1: did I have here in my notes? That's a long ways.
0: Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> Glad we had a full season rather than last year's mess. <laughs> mess no. of just a year, everything. But, yeah, so if that's uh, if that's it, then I guess we'll wrap it up and get out of here.
1: Yeah, that sounds good.
0: All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. You can catch this podcast on Apple Podcasts, as well as Google Podcasts and Spotify. You can listen on our regularly updated YouTube channel, as well as our website, screwball.podbean.com. You can follow me on Twitter at RealMikeLapree. You can follow me on Instagram at MikeLapree.
1: And you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at FDubs10.
0: You can follow our official Screwball Twitter at ScrewballPod. You can follow our official Screwball Facebook at ScrewballPod. No E screw. And that's it from us, guys. We'll see you next week.
1: Yep. Take care.